Welcome to the Inside Texas football YouTube channel brought to you and powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells, and with me is my co-pilot, managing partner at Inside Texas, Eric Nalim. And this is our weekly Inside the Program. We do this every Friday. We give you a good little look inside the, the Texas football program, and, and we touch on a number of subjects. And today, there's no there, there's no shortage of, of stuff to, to gab about, E. There's a lot of stuff happening in the last 72 hours in the college football world, and even more in the last 24 hours on campus on the 40 acres. Good to see you again, my friend. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to knock out the most important early, and that's Steve Sarkeesian and his new deal. Subsequently, we're going to talk about Quinn Ewers coming back in, in, in style. We're going to hit on wide receiver recruiting just a little bit, touch on a little bit of junior day info that I think is going to be relevant, especially with the D-line coaching stuff and Bo Davis. And then we're going to finish off with a little bit of a, a positive coaching development on the way. We're going to tease a little bit because uh, there, there, there could be something really cool coming down the pipe in the next day or two at Texas and Austin. And so let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Last night, I, I want to say it was about 1130 at night. Steve Sarkeesian gets on Twitter and decides to dispel all the rumors, even though if you're a member at InsideTexas.com, and please like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Please come see us at InsideTexas.com. It's a great time, great community, and it's the best uh, opportunity to come hang out with us. Hey, he put out a tweet, and, and I got to tell you, the graphic design was probably the worst part of it, but the best part was the message. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zone read it to you, E. This was big, and this is something you had been reporting. I had actually helped out a little bit of that yesterday. This, this was going to get done, and it looks like it's done. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why fans were a little bit nervous about it. When Mighty Alabama comes calling for your coach, it's going to make you a little timid about your chances, especially for the fans that are still coming out, that are having struggle, struggling coming to grips that you're actually a, a fan of a very good, well-functioning, healthy-functioning program right now. So you yeah. kind of got to put all that stuff behind you and, and realize that this is the dawn of a new era. Uh, Sark is a major part of that, along with the, the brain trust behind the scenes. Uh, they're a perfect match uh, you know, Sark and the administration are in 100% alignment. They have been since the day he was hired. Uh, so I was not concerned about this. You know, the timing just made it a little interesting. Everybody knew that Sark was was in the middle of negotiating an extension. You know, talk about having a gift uh, dropped in your lap with a little increased leverage. Uh, but at the same time, Sark's not the type to overplay his hand on that because he does know that, that, Al, uh, that Texas is the better uh, situation for him at this time. Texas really is positioned well to become the new Alabama in this in this crazy NIL climate. You know, we and we talked about this in the live stream a couple of days ago, and, and and I talked about it with X's and O's with, with, with Paul and Ian yesterday. You know, why would you build up a program to beat Alabama and then turn around and leave that program mm. to go jump in there? It, almost not a backwards move, but certainly a lateral in, in, in a sense. And it, it just didn't make sense. And plus, Sark, you've mentioned this. This is a West Coast guy. This is a guy that's, yeah. he's not, you know, he, he, he was refined and rejuvenated in Tuscaloosa, but that was never going to be his ending point. Yeah. This, this guy, he's an Austin guy. And, and, and it made a lot of sense, you know, that, that this gets done. Uh, I love that his, his wife, his lovely wife, L'Oreal Sarkeesian also tweeted out hers was a little more, a little more plain, a little more simple, just yeah. a all caps, Texas. And, you know, the, the, the queen of Texas football is always going to be uh, paid attention to. And, and so I think last night it, it really, 
it, it crushed a lot of Alabama fans because I, we're realizing over the last few days how much Alabama loves Sark. Yeah. I mean, we knew they liked him when he left. They were very, 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 you know, gracious. I didn't realize the fan base and the boosters were so in line with wanting him. But it makes sense now. And it and then, like you said, it, it proves Texas has the right man. It proved yeah, that Texas got the right guy. You know, you say he's a West Coast guy and Austin's a better fit, and I definitely agree with that 100%. But it only matters uh, to the degree it does because Texas is trying to win. He's a football coach first and foremost, and if he wasn't getting the support that he needed at Texas to win championships, he'd go to Alabama. But Texas is back to to acting like a football school after a, after a bit of a malaise there for, for a decade or so where I don't think the, the coaches had the resources or I don't think the school had the resolve uh, to put uh, football on the pedestal that it deserves to be. So, you know, he it, it's now it's the match made in heaven because they do have the resolve to win at a high level uh, consistently and, and over the long term. Uh, but also, you know, it's a good fit for him culturally. It's an easy recruiting territory for him to get back to California, direct flights to about five airports in SoCal. Um, it's 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 a it really is a match made in heaven and all parties realized that it. it isn't just Texas wanting him or, or him wanting Texas both parties wanted each other and that that was going to always make a deal easy to come by it's a nice marriage it's it, it's your it's your old school typical nice marriage every you know everyone's happy everyone's in in, in, in the right frame of mind um and it's big it's it's certainly big because it shows Texas can keep their guy when they want to keep their guy you're not you're not there's no upgrade after Texas. Texas is the upgrade. And so it just, it, to me, it just cements that uh, as a foundational piece. Um, big, this is big. Sark staying. We, we pretty much knew it. It's pretty much done. That That's, we're, we're fired up about that. I want to go ahead and pay the bill real quick and, and give you a, give a nice little shout to Andre the lawyer. Uh, Andre the lawyer, give him a call. This is one of the, the big time lawyers and located in Dallas, Texas. He helps injured Longhorns with car wrecks, slip and falls, 18 wheeler accidents, wrongful deaths, uh, on the job injuries. Andre is a proud inside Texas member. He he's been with us for a long time. He's a great guy. If you ever need him, that's the guy you need to call. He, he will be absolutely fantastic. 214-444-8808. That's Andre the lawyer. Hey, if you're ever in that, in that position and you need to make that call, Andre's the guy. Be sure and call him. 214-444-8808. All right. If one thing can overshadow returning your two-year starting quarterback who took a giant leap in last season in 2023, it sarks, you know, sticking around in Austin for, for the foreseeable future. But guess what? Quinn Ewers is coming back. And we're not going to act shocked. We're not. Because I think we kind of have been mentioning this and reporting this, it feels like, for maybe over two months, about two months roughly. But it's it's kind of been spoken about and, and reported and talked about. Quinn came out with it. He signed a football card that says, I'm coming back. I've already tried to find it. It's going to be a high dollar item yeah. with Quinn coming back. Just how big is this, Eric? I mean, two year starter, big jump last year. How big, man? Well, I think that card's going to be worth a lot more in a year. You know, I think there's a chance he's, you know, he's going to be at front center of the Heisman uh, consideration. He'll, you know, I, I would be, wouldn't be surprised at all if he's in New York next, next year this time. Um, yeah, it's huge. And I was glad he did it when he did, because there was still a lot of consternation with fans wondering if, if Sark was going to come back or listen to Alabama. Obviously, you know, that was a leading indicator that, that he's got assurances that Sark's coming back. Uh, so, yeah, it's huge. He's going to take another big step. You know, it's uh, you know, everybody thinks development is linear. It doesn't happen that way. Um, 
you know, there's going to be some ups and downs. You just hope there are more ups along the way. And, uh, you know, he's going to take another step as a drop back passer. And that's when we're really going to see this uh, offense hit another gear when they start, you know, start going from 30s to to low 40s up into the higher 40s and, and really blow, blow, blow teams out. That's really going to take be the next step. Uh, that may be becoming a little bit more of a playmaker, see the, see the play develop in, uh, in front of him a little bit quicker. But, you know, there's things for him to rep- improve, but he comes back and sets a very, very high floor for the offense uh, at minimum between him uh, maturing as a passer and, and expected bounce in the run game. Um, you know, I think the offense is going to hit a whole nother level. And, and you know, the, the thing about Quinn, you know, if you're an Inside Texas subscriber, you know, you know that Arch Manning is all Texas. He's not going anywhere. And of course, when the Quinn Ewers news came out a few days ago, the first question was, well, Arch Manning, he's going to hit the portal. And you and I have had to deal with that question probably more than we want to admit. Uh, and, and I don't think I don't think we could be more stern in our in our messaging that the Mannings don't even understand what a transfer portal is. That's yeah. not a that's not something in their mindset that even yeah. works. Arch Manning loves Texas, loves Sark, loves Austin, and his little brother's enrolling in June. Like yeah. the Mannings are trying to build a legacy potentially in Austin. Yeah, you know when so- when Arch was uh, interviewed in New Orleans, mm-hmm. it it looked like he was reading old recruiting updates from inside Texas because everything he was saying about you know wanting to blend into the school, feeling comfortable there. Uh, just being one of the guys, you know, all these things really uh, came out in that in, in that interview setting. So he's perfectly happy there. It's a school he wanted to go to for a long time. He, it's where he was the most comfortable. Uh, he's in no hurry. They take a longer view of things. I think that I think he's maybe a little bit disappointed in not playing or expecting to play as much next year. Uh, that's yeah. only because he is indeed competitive. All the Mannings are competitive that way. Uh, but the, but they put the big picture and, and the most important thing is long term development. You know, what's good for him long term? And, and the Mannings don't think about a, a three or four year college career. They think about 15 years and becoming a legendary quarterback in the NFL and winning Super Bowls. Uh, and I think that big picture view makes this a lot easier for, for Sark to navigate. A lot of other coaches might have had trouble, but a lot of other coaches would have had trouble getting Arch in the first place. Oh, man. I, I can't wait for the, the Texas chapter in the book of Manning. I, that's going to be the 30 for 30 that you and I, I, made. I, I can wait. We've got three years of Sark having a championship window because of, of his quarterback play a three year. And it's a, it's a very plausible window. When you look at the offensive line and all the other talent, the, the younger talent in the defensive ranks, it's a plausible three year championship window. They're going to get one in there. I, I feel really good about it. And, and you use the term fact pattern a lot. And, and if you follow it, why would Sark leave? A twin yeah. Ewers and an Arch Manning. There's every almost I could almost every program in the country would want to trade trade shoes with Sark. He, he's got this thing well oiled. And so we'll pivot that to wide receiver recruiting because that's going to be you know Sark's in, Ewers in, Arch is in. The running game's going to come back good. Returning a ton of offensive linemen with experience. That wide receiver room's taking a hit. E. Adnan Mitchell which you, you reported early on, he's declaring Xavier Worthy. We kind of knew that man was always going to go to greener pastures and yeah. he's going to thrive. Jordan Whittington, the, the, the bleeding for the program type guy, that room's going to need to be revamped. And, and we've seen that through the 2024 cycle and, and somewhat in 2023 as well. You know, Jonte Cook, Ryan, uh, Ryan Niblett and DeAndre Moore. Now with Ryan Wingo and Aaron Butler, Parker Livingstone, um, Freddie DuBose. You got the 2024s. Let's break this into two sections. They're not done with 2024. There's still another guy on the hook, and that's the Marlin. 
and that is that, that that's that man Ryan Williams. And I know you've watched his tape. I've watched it. That might be the most dynamic 16-year-old receiver in the nation. Like yeah. he is ridiculous. And he's coming on campus on January 27th. Now, granted, we're going to talk more about that in future shows. And it's also noteworthy that KJ Lacey is going to come in as well. And that's the Texas quarterback commit from Sarah Land. And that's his quarterback. Uh, that's Williams quarterback at Sarah Land. And so with 2024 recruiting, it's not done yet. They're going to bring in Ryan Williams for that for that uh, for that visit, and they're going to swing for the fence. And how, what do you think they need to sell him on, like the straight focus and vision? What do you think that sales pitch is going to sound like? You know, rope them into that big picture view that the Mannings have about, hey, this isn't about just what happens in college. It's about setting you up for long term success. You know, what's how are you going to develop into an NFL wide receiver? Chris Jackson is you know coached in the NFL. Um, you're going to have two NFL quarterbacks throwing to you if you come to Texas. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a pretty easy pitch. Look at all the NFL. The NFL is littered with Sark wide receivers uh, going back quite a while. So it's an easy pitch. Now, Auburn's going to make it difficult. Uh, Alabama's probably going to make it difficult. If they if they name Kalen DeBoer, he's got quite the story to tell with the, the receiver success he's just had. Uh, if it's Mike Norvell, he's got plenty to tell with the wide receiver success he's had at uh, Florida State. So, you know, there's going to be plenty to overcome. Um, you know, I'm excited about that recruitment more than I was a week ago. Uh, so that's a good sign for you fans. But there's so many moving parts with wide receiver right now. And it's all they're all, you know, they're all over the place, but they're all tied together as well. There's a huge Venn diagram of, you know, what's going to happen? What's the team going to look like next year between, you know, the guys that are on the roster, uh, potential portal additions and the Ryan Williams. The good thing about Ryan Williams is she's so talented. It doesn't really matter what happens in the other sections, whether it's, you know, on the team or in the portal. You still take him. He's best player available. Um, you know, he's an NFL player. If he stays healthy, it's you know little doubt of that. So, you know, he's going to have a spot no matter what. We're going to have plenty to talk about at the end of the month. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be quite the buildup. But, yeah, he would be a big piece for, for next year. And but even even much, much more. Be that. You know, I think Mike, uh, Matthew Golden's going to going to get his lion's shares of ca uh, catches next year. Jontae Cook is lined up, maybe a portal guy. But Ryan Williams is going to be too good to keep out of the class and too good to keep off the field if they can get him. Absolutely. And like you said, Another portal guy. We know that they're combing that that database. They are looking. They are evaluating. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned it in the moderator thread at InsideTexas.com. Come see us. It's a great time. It's a great community. We'd love to have you. Give us a shot to earn your business. You mentioned it's it's a fluid situation with with wide receiver, and this is something you and I are pretty. We've both tied in a lot on the on this subject here, and especially in the last month. Um, portal. You got Silas Bolden coming to Austin this weekend. That's the water bug, 5'8", five, five, about 160, 165, 175 pounds. Uh, little, little guy out of Oregon State, uh, out of Rancho Cucamonga. And I got to be honest with you, I never thought Rancho Cucamonga was a real place. Oh, yeah. When I watched the movie next Friday, I thought that was like a made-up place for the movie. That's a real town, Eric. That's yeah, I lived, a, I lived a couple towns over and San Dimas, San Dimas from Bill and Ted's. That's a real place, too. I lived a couple towns over from that one as well. So, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking about Friday. We should have we should probably have some Friday clips for our, for our show since it's on Friday. I was thinking about that yesterday, but I didn't even realize he was from uh, Rancho Cucamonga. But you know what? That guy is tiny, but he plays much bigger. Uh, yeah. He's tough. He's got some he's got a little bit of heft to him for being, you know, that 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 short and that light. He's, you know, he's, he's a tough guy and he'll go up and get the ball. He's uh, he's very quick. He, he would add uh, some uh, dynamism to special teams, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know where else are you going with that section, but because even the portal section breaks into two, you've got the guys that are in and the guys who might be in that the coaches have to be cognizant of. But right. I think you're about, we're about to say something about CJ Janos because you wrote something about him this morning as well. 
Right. We, we, uh, Inside Texas broke that last night that CJ is going to take an official visit to LSU this weekend. He's, he's, he's supposed to arrive there this afternoon. And like you said, there there's portal guys and then there's potential portal, guy, portal guys. You know, Isaiah Bond was a, was a popular name a couple weeks ago and you had some intel in on that. When, and then it yeah. kind of got quiet all of a sudden. And now I don't think that door is completely closed. What do you think? Well, that's interesting because you could tell that Alabama has quite the leadership and culture over there because nobody's uh, jumping in the in the portal. They're they're adhering to the so far they're adhering to the administration's request that, that they give them seventy two hours to to right. figure this out. Uh, and I like that honestly. I like that Jalen Milrow. Uh, I think you said he he turned around to to go back to campus uh, to make sure everybody him and Malachi Moore. I think uh, the safety uh, nickel guy. Um, I love that. That that to me is what leadership is about and football. So. There's some guys trying to keep everybody in, but you know if they make a hire that's not the most exciting hire of all time, that's you know guys are going to get loose for sure. So, I think uh, I think right now that Texas and other schools are going to wait and see and, and just see what shakes loose because there's some talented wide receivers on that roster that could probably help uh, Texas. You know, definitely certainly next year, a couple guys can help even beyond, and I think Texas might want to look towards uh, who can help beyond next year, just because 2025 is clearly the year that they're building towards in which. Texas is going to be the, the number one team in the country going into 2025. That's uh, if you get a guy that's got multi years of eligibility, that might be a little more appealing than a guy that only has one. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on at wide receiver. I've never seen this much between portal, between high school recruiting, even though it's after signing day. You've got uh, uh, you've got Williams that still can sign in February. Right. A lot going on, man. And then 2025, you got juniors coming on uh, on campus soon. It's crazy. Absolutely. And and we had just posted uh, earlier this morning a part of our recruiting humidor. Uh, I, I went into a wide receiver outlook for 2025, and we're not going to dive too much into that because we, we've got so much other good stuff that we want to cover. But guys like DeCorian Moore being a maybe I can actually segue that into junior day. Let, let, let's tackle that one a little and just touch on that for a few minutes. Um, it's big because a DeCorian Moore is, is a strong maybe to come in. And, and listen, LSU is building a monster in 2025 already. Number one quarterback, Bryce Underwood. Number one running back, Harlem Berry. And the aforementioned number one receiver, DeCorian Moore. He's still a hard maybe. Colin Simmons swears on a stack of Bibles. He is not letting that guy go anywhere other than Austin. I don't usually disagree with Colin ever. And so I like that. And also the, the position they're in with an Andrew Marsh, potentially Marcus Harris, another guy that could potentially be in yeah. for junior day. But to me, more important, and you mentioned this in pre-production, Brandon Brown is going to be in junior day. They're, the Texas commits, three of the four are going to be on campus. Him, uh, Emory Winston, and then um, Anthony Williams. Anthony Williams, the new Ooh. linebacker out of Shadow Creek. And so the big one is Brandon Brown because there's no Bo Davis. And so yeah. how do you think that's going to shake out and what's that conversation going to be like? And you can even, you know, parlay that into potential D line coach talk. Yeah. Well, I think the Texas should have its D line coach before the junior day. You're going to want that for sure. Before Brandon Brown comes in. Otherwise you, you don't want Brandon even coming in until you have that. <laughs> so now to me, that's, that's probably the number one uh, recruit I'll be watching uh, next week. Uh, you know, we'll be inside Texas. We'll be out outside of uh, Moncrief, uh, by legions, there'll be four or five of us there uh, trying to interview every kid we can. Uh, but that's the Brandon Brown's the one I'm, I'm, I'll be looking forward to hearing from the most. But you know, I'm also curious, of course, like everybody else, who's going to be the defensive tackles coach. There's a lot of a lot of options out there for Sark to parse through, and probably even options we don't even know about. When there's an opening at, at a school like Texas, uh, you don't always have to make the call. Your phone starts ringing as well. So I'll be curious. But yeah, Junior Day is going to be a lot of fun. I don't think I've anticipated one this highly. 
uh, in a long time with the understanding that Texas has a chance to, to put together the number one class in the country, a, a realistic chance for the first time in a very long time. Not not a team that just builds up to to two or three uh, or four, four or five and, and kind of just lands there at the very end, but one that can challenge uh, uh, LSU. LSU's off. That's, a, that's just an early start. They've got three studs and then and then some other guys that a lot of schools could get uh, and equal out with. But uh, they're off to a good start. I know I get a lot of LSU fans hating on me all the time. <laughs> I see them tagging me in, on the on their threads, but yeah. Um, yeah, they're off to a good start. But Texas is going to be right there at the end of this recruiting class, based on the strength of this past season, ba- based on the stability, and, and based on what they're going to do in the next season. And these, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this junior day, you know, we've been building this list out. I feel like for almost three weeks, and this junior day has kind of a Mac Brown vibe because. Oh, Mac man. used to capitalize. Why do you? Why do you say if you, the second you say Mac Brown, people are going to start asking us who's going to commit because every uh, Mac was always going for commitments on Junior Day. I don't, you know, I don't. Clark is I don't, a little I, more selective and patient, but now you open up that can of worms. <laughs> I, I I meant it in the in the aspect that he knew how to capitalize on momentum. Get you know right after that national ch- championship or right after yeah. that first Rose Bowl, get all those guys on campus as soon as possible. I mean, he's the godfather of the junior day, and then after the national championship, bringing in that group that all committed on the same weekend the Sergio Kendall, the Eddie Jones, the Dion Beasley like it was huge. Yeah, he Mac is kind of Sark, kind of anti Mac in that regard. Sark loves the long game. And, you know, if you're selling cars, yeah. that you're not going to last very long. Well, you know, they'll fire up momentum when they can. You know, after Arch, right. it's huge. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the 2022 cycle, they had to have it. But they really got on a rip with uh, 2022 recruiting. So he'll he'll capitalize on momentum, but he's not going to reach for a guy. He's not going to get caught up in the momentum himself. No. And I don't think he's going to try to falsify momentum and, and kind of invent it. Mac would invent it later in his career uh, by taking a couple guys just to get the ball rolling. And that's that's not Sark's nature. But. Uh, I mean, hey, you know, all the studs that want to be on on campus for Texas in January, I'm all for it. That gives us plenty to do, plenty to cover, plenty of intrigue, uh, plenty to learn about. There's a lot to investigate. Who are the kids that have the good mental evals? Because we know that we know there's going to be a cancellation process if guys uh, don't quite have the mental eval that the, the program's looking for. So this is a good chance for us writers to investigate, learn the guys, learn the families. Uh, it's my favorite time of the recruiting cycle is at the very beginning. Absolutely. And 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 don't forget, you know, in, in more anti-Mac fashion, Sark's also looking for culture builders. And I'm not saying other coaches don't look for guys that are great in the locker room, but we've seen on the ground how Sark operates in that regard. You could be a physical freak, but if you're not an emotional and in, in, in a stable, uh, you know, central figure in that locker room, if you're not going to build onto the add onto the culture, they're not going to take you. Yeah, and you so don't have to. Don't, and he's he's in that position now, Eric. Yeah, you don't you don't have to be the world's greatest citizen. When we say football character, it's more about hey, are you going to do the right things to uh, uh, to to bring in improve the culture with, within the program? Are you accountable? Do you work hard and those sorts of things? And then it, it just so happens to be that most of those types of people end up being good good citizens off the field as well. But they're doing a very good job in the selection mm-hmm. price process of figuring out who they want. Uh, who they hone in on. If they back off a kid, they've got a reason for it. You know, you, I know the stargazer is always out there going, you know, how can we pass on this guy? Well, there's going to be something they know about that you don't, you know, because that's it's their job to investigate at a much deeper level. Uh, and they they unearth some really interesting things that, you know, you can understand why they pass on some of these guys. Absolutely. We're going to wrap this one up with a very positive coaching development on the way, Eric. Um, you know, there's so much going on, like we said, in the last 72 hours on, on the 40 acres. And we feel like there, there might be some more stuff 
coming our way in the next next couple days. Um, Texas is definitely looking at uh, always adding on, uh, you know, to their staff. In our X's and O's segment last week, we talked about, or yesterday, we talked about, you know, Nick Saban's um, bringing in those analysts, bringing in guys mm-hmm. that that had been doing it before, some cast off, some mm-hmm. that just brought new ideas, and you know, he always mm-hmm. wanted to change his stripes. We've seen Sark do a little bit of that, bringing in guys, you know, like a Gary Patterson and, and of that sort. And so I think this one is going to be a, a pretty big one for, for Texas fans. E, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to be happy. I think a lot of people are going to be happy. It's a good one, somebody you know, they've heard of before. And so, uh, you know, you're always looking at ways to upgrade. Uh, in addition to Gary Patterson, there's been Paul Christ as well. Joe D. Camillus played a big role in uh, special teams this year, helped That's Jeff good. Banks get that number one rated uh, special teams unit. So, you know, you're always looking to increase on the improve on the margins. Incremental improvement is how you end up winning a championship eventually if you're always improving. And so I think uh, I think this one's going to be uh, both good for the program and and it's going to, you know, I think it's fans are always looking for these these sorts of moves uh, to, to see that their their staff is being proactive. I think they'll be happy as well. Absolutely. And 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 that's and that the beauty of that is you got to come see us at InsideTexas.com to get the latest. That's that that's the absolute bones to it. Hey. Please like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Please come see us at InsideTexas.com. We're running a special right now. You get a month for a dollar. Hey, let us earn your business. Let, come join the community. Let, it, let, let us enjoy this momentum that Texas is in right now because football is going well on the 40 acres, and, and we are enjoying we are enjoying this every day. We, we, it's something new for us every day, and, and it, it's an absolute blast to get our team to be with our group. Come see us. Come hang out with us. Please like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Please come see us until our next episode. I will see you soon, Eric. Welcome.